You are now listening to Portionality Podcast. I am your host, Portia D. Hey, Saints. Welcome back to Portionality Podcast. I'm your host, Portia D, and I'm so glad that you decided to join me for another episode of this podcast. If you're enjoying these podcasts, I'm going to ask that you rate, comment, and subscribe, whether you're listening on SoundCloud, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, whether you're listening on my website, Portionality.com. However you found this podcast, whether it be from Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, I just ask that you just show this podcast some love, y'all, some love. And with that being said, I'm just very grateful Um, that you decided to listen on today. And so on today's episode, it's going to be super special. I say that every episode, I know. But let me just tell you, I say all of my guests are special, but this one is extremely special because this guest knows me better than probably anyone who will ever come on this podcast. And that's because today I have with me my dad. Yes, hello, 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 Portia. How are you? I'm well. (laughs) Thanks for so much for joining me dad well thank you for having me this is very special to me also just because um i know you've been working with the millennials and everything and um, i'm probably one of the older fellows (laughs) (laughs) that you would have so i am truly honored but uh we'll share some interesting stories about how um how i got into music and you know and and other things yeah so saints for those of you don't know my dad is actually a musician and he has spent a significant amount of time and many years in the entertainment industry specifically in music and so with the recent passing of Aretha Franklin I thought that it would be fitting to have my dad as a guest on this show as my dad has seen the landscape of music just transition and transform particularly over the last 40 to 50 years um, <laughs> yeah between those years um, my dad has done so much in music from behind the scenes in the recording booth and just being a producer to being in front of people as a performer and as a musician and a singer. He's played um, from gospel venues. He's played in churches. He's played in clubs. He's played behind people in bands. Like my father has done a lot in the music industry. So my dad has, has been a consistently working musician in the entertainment industry for many years. And so I'm very glad to have him here. I'm very glad that he can share some stories and just tell you about some folk and you know and it's really kind of funny though but let me tell you my dad's actually really well known and I'm learning that more and more um my dad actually does know a lot of people in the industry and a lot of people out here and I'm growing to be more grateful and appreciative of it because when I come home and people are like oh you're Pat's daughter oh yeah I know Mr. Pat or oh yeah you're the you're Patrick's daughter the guitar player wow he's so cool he's so smooth like my dad knows a lot of people and dad you're actually low-key kind of famous like you really are like there are a ton of people who know you not even just like in Connecticut but people who know you in New York people who know you in California like dad Mm -hmm. you're actually like you know what we say popping like you're dope dad thank you so much (laughs) (laughs) like you know like you're really dope like a lot of people like in the industry who've been around like they know you um and I like I said I don't think I really realized that especially growing up I didn't think I realized that. And you've been in entertainment my whole life. Like you were already grinding and just doing stuff with Uncle Jesse from the time I was a little girl. You had already had your foot in the door and you were already traveling back and forth from New York and California by the time I came along. So I didn't really see a lot of your start and just a lot of your hustle in the early days because I wasn't even here yet. And so, Mm. yeah. And so I know like you really got started in the 70s and you really was putting a lot of elbow grease in in the 80s and mm-hmm. so I missed a lot of that because like I said I wasn't yet born. I wasn't even born. I not- <laughs> wow that um, that says a lot I mean just um, and thank you Lord for allowing me to see these many years I mean because you know with the recent passing of um, Aretha even though you know she's she's had especially in the music industry she's had plenty of years um, you know and has um, done a lot of influencing with musicians and singers so, but anyway, on that same note, I just like to thank God that I'm that I am still here. So, you know, I do appreciate life every day. You know, so you know that's where I'm at right now for sure. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And I'm really grateful 
um, that you have been chosen to be my dad and that God chose me to be your daughter because there's so much wisdom that you just hold in terms of just entertainment and just even in life. I learned so much from you. And to be honest, um, Saints, I got my first real experience on the radio by going and with my dad. My dad used to host a radio show um, oh back God, in the I day. Forget. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that for a yeah, moment. Yeah, <laughs> he used to host a radio show and yeah. it was a gospel radio show that he did. Um, it, it was co-hosted. But my sometimes my dad would bring you along and he would just say, you know, Portia, just, just give, you know, people a little bit of information or just give them an encouraging word. And I was a teenager. And so I hadn't even really begun preaching yet. And I was just really getting started. And when I came home, even from college, you would have me on the show from here and there. And so I wasn't even like a licensed preacher yet. But dad, you gave me an opportunity to know that there was a platform that I didn't necessarily have to be behind the pulpit on a Sunday morning just Mm. to get a message out because there may be people who will never walk in the doors of a church who will who need to hear a word or who need some encouragement so dad I I owe a lot of this podcast and just me taking this leap of faith to share good Mm -hmm. news and to share stories of people a Mm -hmm. lot because of you because you introduced me to a world of it's not just limited to Sunday morning that you can share good news so I thank you just for how you've poured into me how you've supported me and that I can be able to do this show so thank you dad well you know something that it's funny that you even would mention something like that because that has even um, transpired in my own life just as as a musician and not only um going to church and playing for the church but playing outside the church and it was part of my vision that god gave me that you know something you don't have to do it always in the church because there's people that you need to reach outside of the church yeah and um Lord, you know, I thank you for it, you know, for, for having that vision, because a lot of people, you know, they, they, they come up against that type of ministry, I will say, just because of the fact that, oh, well, you're out there, play, you know, you're playing worldly music. But you know something, but those are still God's people, too. That's they, right. They need to be reached, too, just as much as the people that's inside of the church. So, you know, I thank God for, you know, giving me the vision to say, OK, you don't have to just do this right here. You can step outside the church and do other things and still reach people and Call and, and and call my name in the process. That's so, right. You know something. I, I you know I really thank God for that. So I'm just you know very grateful. Yeah, I'm <laughs> grateful too. And so thank you, Dad, for just always being a model, a ministry model for me. That the minister is more than just. Uh, preaching sermons on Sunday. The minister Ooh. is also called to go out into the community. The minister is also called to also give good mo- news and drop gems of knowledge and wisdom. No matter where you're no at. No matter where you're at. That's whether right. it's at the bar on a Saturday night or whether it's in the courtroom on Tuesday or whether it's in the hospital on Wednesday, there's mm, always yes. an opportunity as long as you can open up your mouth or even, even just kind of sitting and even being quiet and just being present with someone who's going through. Yes, there's always yes. opportunities to do ministry. So mm-hmm. even as a young minister, as a young preacher, as a young pastor, I even thank you for just modeling that for me as well. And so, Dad, I want to ask you about your beginnings. I think you have very humble beginnings for just how you picked up a guitar and how you started singing. So before you even got your break into the music industry and traveling and just kind of seeing the country and just doing music, how did it all begin? So take me back to uh, the early days when you're just a you know a little boy in Bridgeport you know picking up a guitar and singing and just people kind of coming around you and lining up at grandma's house just to hear some good music take me back to those days <laughs> well you know so it's it's pretty interesting how how it does start because you know I, I always believe God will place somebody in your life that's going to give you some inspiration and and, and help you to go along your journey I, I started out singing you know some friends that I used to sing with um, we had a singing group back in the day Ended up getting with bands and stuff, and, you know, we would go out and do little performances here and there. And after that, I really developed an interest to wanted wanted to play guitar because we were having a hard time finding bands to even play with us. Um, but I developed an interest in, in playing the guitar. I was I was inspired by Cool in the Game, matter of fact, was one of my first inspirations because the guitar player that was playing, it was called Cool in the Jazz Gang back then. That was before they became just Cool in the Gang. Um, the guitar player was was inspired me so much that you know I really wanted to learn how to play. So once I did get my hands on the guitar, I started self teaching. Um, I taught myself how to play, um, and I just you know 
just continued to just encourage myself, I guess. So I just, you know, kind of kept at it until the point to where, you know, a couple of people heard, heard, you know, well, he's, he's playing guitar now. He's not just singing. Wow, Dad. So you really got a lot of your start in the church. In the church, yes. In yes. the church. And so after the church, Dad, and after um, your start in these bands and playing locally, what did you, how did you get into the actual industry? How did you break out from just doing local gigs and local music to actually becoming a part of the industry. I was inspired to just want to do more than just play in bands and and play in in local clubs. There needed to be more. I wanted to, you know, do get into writing and producing. I talked with a friend of mine, um Mr. Jesse Ebron. I um was was talking to him, man. I, I said, man, I said, you know, it's all right for us to play in these clubs and 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 you know play these different venues, but in order for us to reach another level, we need to be doing our own music. Mm-hmm. That was the real push behind us moving in, in into another level because it, it wasn't about just playing other people's songs. It was about okay, we need to do our own music if we're going to try to get o- get over to this next level here. So and, you basically um, said, let's stop covering and let's start creating. That exactly. I couldn't put it even better. Yeah, That's let's exactly, stop covering and let's start creating. That was the real the real push, and um, Jesse was in total agreement with me. So we build a studio so that we could start, you know, just start creating music now. So Jesse was at his job. I was at my job. I was working at the state at the time, you know, making the amount of money that I was making and stuff. And he was working at Eastern Paper Bag and he was doing well over there. So we started channeling our money into this music thing until we got enough, you know, equipment together and and we started creating songs. We started writing together. Another inspiration for us Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, we we saw what these guys were doing, so we we kind of wanted to model our stuff behind what they were doing, mm. you know, as 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 a production team, mm-hmm. um, along with um, uh, the other production team was L.A. and Babyface. I knew you were gonna say it's like probably uh, LaFace. Yes, yeah, LaFace. that that was a big inspiration for us too, because it was like you know these guys are doing this stuff, you know, and when you see somebody model something like that, you know, it's like you know, why can't we do it too? You know, there's nothing to say. The only thing that's going to stop us is us. So that's why we just said, okay, well, we, okay, we're going to go ahead and, and, and do this. You know, we're going to give this a shot. So we started just working on the music and uh, and putting um, songs together. And all along, during that time, we were developing our production our production techniques along with the writing just because, you know, we had the, had the equipment to, to work with. Even though, you know, I mean, we weren't just a large recording company or anything, but we were just, um, you know, we had an eight-track recording um board and um you know we had a good air for music so we just started working on it until it took till we got to a point to where we realized like okay it's this is good enough to maybe you know start taking taking it out and um allowing people to hear it of course that was a big roadblock there because most of the record companies they don't want to hear you know we don't accept unsolicited material so in other words the music's got to be introduced by somebody miss uh janice dempsey I will uh, put that name out there because she was very instrumental in in, in us moving into the next level. She at the time was working with um, people like Freddie Jackson and 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 um, Luther Vandross, um, doing background and stuff, um, and even working on her own thing at the time. And um, we had um, talked to her, and she said, "Well, she said, oh, I got my little start." She said, um, "You know, I talked with the." Um, Entertainment lawyer, lawyer. You might want to get you an entertainment lawyer. Went down to New York to meet this entertainment lawyer that she had um, uh, recommended to us. Went to see him, and he told us. He said, "Okay." He says his caseload was kind of large, but one of his associates there. He said, um, "He said, let me introduce you to her." And um, you know, we sat down to talk with her. She listened to a little bit of the music. She said, "Okay, well, I'll let you know in a few days. You know, whether I can take on your case." And um, a couple of days later, she said, "Okay, I, well, you, um, I, you know, I, I will accept you guys." Not knowing how many people that she was already involved with, and and how many people that she knew that was in the industry, and that's how we got really got our big start into recording. Her name was uh, Denise Brown, Denise Noel Brown. I remember that name. You she used to work that. with Warner Brothers. She, matter of fact, um, she she even at one point, I mean, she she, she started out um, as a regular entertainment lawyer. Then she got the opportunity. She became the vice president of Warner Brother Records. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and, well, let me just throw this in here, too. She was also responsible for re-signing Prince back into the uh, 
recording thing because you know because um prince you know he was like he didn't want to have anything to do with the big companies but she was able to work out a deal with prince at that time and got him back into um recording with one of the major record companies well, see, look, that's some history y'all didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, I told you my dad's got inside stories, y'all. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I mean, you've got a lot of inside stories for even like, and I won't even go into all the details, but my dad's got really good stories about like Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. Oh my God, that's <laughs> what I did tell you about that. Yeah, huh? so you've got yeah. good stories about that yeah. you, and how they kind of really got their big start. Yeah. You've told yes. me stories. So like when I was watching Straight Outta Compton, I was like, my dad knows some of this stuff behind the scenes on these stories um or even yeah. um just like you just mentioned prince and uh you know some like you know backstories with like mc light and and her well yeah a, a whole lot about because you had a really good relationship with their family yes we um, did. and yeah. so uh them and and just just different artists like i can go on and on mm-hmm. um but dad i do want to ask you um so I didn't even just ask you but i want to comment on something then i want to ask you something else mm-hmm. i, I want to comment on the fact that I think sometimes as young entrepreneurs and influencers from my generation, I think sometimes we give up way too easily. Like we don't see a door immediately or Mm, automatically opening opening for us. Mm -hmm. We want to just kind of quit and throw in the towel and say, okay, well, this is not working instead of putting in the sweat equity to make it happen. So remember I said at the beginning of the show, I didn't even know a lot of the stuff that you were doing to get to where you were trying to go. I just kind of came in to the picture when I was born in 1990 and it was like, oh, all of this stuff is my normal. All of this stuff is regular. So I'm not really thinking um, about the backstory. backstory. So like, Mm. it was nothing for us to go to uh, MC Light's father's house and we're just hanging out and not even realizing what you were actually was doing was working on material but I'm sitting here playing with everybody else's kids like it ain't no big deal like mm-hmm. you know we're having a pool party and meanwhile you're having an executive record situation going on and y'all are producing stuff and y'all are having business meetings but I'm just going around to these parties <laughs> thinking like oh we're just having a great time yeah. because that's what we do and I'm you know hanging out with other people's kids and it's like oh this is fun but mm-hmm. not even realizing like you were making business moves all along and like you and Jesse are doing stuff that's like you know moving y'all careers along and so yeah and so I say that to say is sometimes we get so caught up in thinking about things should just be the way that they are not realizing the hard work and all the backstory that goes into making dreams possible Mm, and so I say um, we should not give up on our dreams. We should not give up on our careers just because something doesn't come as easy as we think. Yes, we need to open yes. up our mouths and ask questions and ask for help or ask, how did you get here? Or what did you do to get this? Or who do I need to talk to about that? And networking is so important because they say your net worth is really connected to your to network. network. Yes, so who are you yes. networking with? Who do you know? Um, who Who do you know who has what and what resources? So I think you brought up a really good point in your story about the value of networking and asking the right questions because these companies and these people weren't opening the door for you. It's like, oh, well, I need representation. You just can't come up in here as an artist, as a talent, and just think you can just come up in here. And just walk up in there, exactly. Right, and so Mm -hmm. I think that is um, really important. So if you're an influencer or creator, uh, the importance of having PR, the importance of having a manager, the Mm -hmm. importance of having... Uh, just people to represent you and people to open up doors for you. So, Dad, I, I want to move mm-hmm. um, before we uh, get to in some deeper conversation. Uh, now you are retired. You have had a long career in with the state of Connecticut. You've had a lot uh, going on in music. And then there was even a, a season where you kind of paused for mm-hmm. your music career to kind of do some other things, you know, just in terms of just like, you know, everyday life, you know, you just, you have kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> college, kids going to college. You had, you know, a wife, family, marriage, like you had real life, right? Mm-hmm. And so not so that you stopped music, but, you know, you weren't doing it as, as hard as you were before. And mm-hmm. so now that you're retired, you have an empty nest. Um, you and mom just celebrated four. 40 years of, of marriage. So what, what, what do you, I want you to share 
Mm-hmm. What has it been like for you now pursuing music full time once again now that you have an empty nest and you're kind of rebirthing your dreams and you're back in the studio working with artists, you're back and you're, you know, working with Grammy nominated uh, producers and Grammy winning producers mm. and you've been traveling and you've been doing some work, you've been having some amazing opportunities, all of which I cannot say uh, over the podcast, but I just know that my dad has been really working y'all <laughs> with some people and and so um, I, I just want to say, um, I mean, you're you're never not working on music. You literally, um, <laughs> you are a full time musician. You gig every weekend, multiple weekend, multiple multiple gigs in a weekend. Mm-hmm. You're rehearsing almost every single day. You you do like you bleed sweat music right now. And so I want to ask you, what is it like um, coming back to something that you were so passionate about when you had the stamina of twenty something? 30 something and now mm. at 60 celebrating 60 years of your own life that's well, right thank you Jesus yes <laughs> at 60, 60 you're yes. still going and mm-hmm. you've got momentum and you're still producing you're still writing you're still singing you're still playing you're still doing all these things so what is that like for you what is that like for you for me <laughs> for you that is I mean it's 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 just knowing that God will always give you what you you know you ask God for it, and what you're doing, if, if it lines up with the word of God, it's going to happen. He's going to give you what your heart desire is. And you're, if, if your heart desire is still going to learn up, line up with the, with the word of God, then he's going he's gonna to allow you to get exactly what it is where you're trying to get to. That, that, that whole dream that you might have had, that whole, that, that whole um, desire to um, become, you know, a full-time musician in my case that's that that's what it is he has allowed me to 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 transpire into that right now and that's that you know that's 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 really where i'm at right now every morning i mean and i you know i don't know what's going to work for you but i i wake up every morning and i thank god for breath of life i i, I start out you know i give reverence to to the lord when i when i first start before I do anything else, that's the first thing I do. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to breathe another day. That's that's the first thing I do. Then then you know then I can move on into other things during my day. It still, to a certain degree, blows my mind just knowing that I'm able to do. You know, I'm, I have a reasonable portion of health. That's you know that's a blessing in itself right there. That I'm able to just get up every day and and you know and do the things that I that I do. Well, I don't want to say exactly where I'd be going. <laughs> But I'd I be going out to uh, recording and stuff, you know. I get called, for, you know, for recording sessions. I've been, I've, you know, I've done tracks with, um, you know, different artists and stuff. With, um, you know, some pretty major artists right now. You know, I'm not even going to go into a whole lot of detail about that. But, I, you know, but like I say, all in all, I always thank God, for you know, for allowing me to just be able to do the things that I do. Um, you know, I thank God for my family. That's number one. That's that's number one. For, first of all, because um, if you you know when you pour into your family, your family turns around and gives gives right back to you. Aww, anyway. so glad, Dad. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I, yeah. We try. No, you do. You we do. We try, Dad. You do. I'm telling you, you pour into your, and your family will just they turn right back around. They give right back. That's, and that's that's what family life is supposed to be about. I mean, you know. And then that that also is supposed to transpire throughout your friendships, you know, the real friends, I should say. I mean, because all the friends, <laughs> I hate to even use the word <laughs> fake ones, because this, this, this word fake is, is, is oh my God, is, is messing me up these days. I can't, I'm, I don't even like using the word anymore just because, you know, what this other guy has done with that word and, and, and got people thinking all kind of ways. But anyway, I mean, all, all your friends are not going to be real with you, but you, but, but regardless of whatever situation that they're dealing with, you still pray for them anyway, that, you know, that, that, um, the guy will touch your heart and, 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 um, help them to get through whatever it is that they're going through, you know, and I'm talking about friends that sometimes, you know, you, you, you'll have people that you thought were friends. They'll lie on you and do different things. It's just having a vision to say, you know, something, I'm going to pray for you regardless, you know, just, you know, Lord, help that person, you know, get through whatever it is that they're going through, that you feel that you needed to lie about something, you know, help them get through it, Lord, you know, because I, I, you know, you're a God that's willing and able, you know, all I got to do is just, I'll give you the chance to do it. So, you know, I always pray for even, even our enemies, um, regardless of our situation, um, 
Yeah, I mean that's uh, Portia. That's that's really where I'm at. I I don't know what else to even really say. Well, I'm I, talking <laughs> about music. I know, I know. We talk about music. I don't went into the into preaching almost. I'm telling you. <laughs> I wonder where where I got that from. No, no I wonder where I got that from. Uh, that's it. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, Dad, um, your story is just really, really incredible. And so these are just some kind of rapid fire questions. And so mm-hmm. I want you to kind of just think about the first thing that comes to mind. Sure. Um, I'm with some thought. But, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, you know, they're not very long. They're kind of, like I said, rapid fire questions. Who are your biggest inspirations and motivations in music? So who inspires you the most in music and why? Wow. Probably be, have to be Stevie Wonder. Um Stevie Wonder, just because he's so versatile with the music that he does, I mean, between playing and singing, I mean, he's just, you know, such an awesome musician and singer. Um, Maybe George Benson, (laughs) there's quite a few other ones. Michael Jackson, of course, too. Great. So who um, have you inspired in music? Wow. Who tells you, like, wow, I'm really inspired by Mr. Pat, or who has, like, taken on like some of the things that you've done and like have made a career out of it or well, you know just who have you inspired well I know one of the persons that I've inspired is a, a gentleman by the name of Jonathan Dubos he's he's um, a guitar player that you know that's really out there he's he's really doing his thing um, another person is um, Chris um, Chris Davis which um, he told me that when he came to my studio that's what gave him the inspiration and he's he's a um, Grammy nominated producer now um, with smooth jazz. So, mm-hmm. who is the greatest of all time? The greatest musician of all time? I gotta, I gotta stick with Stevie Wonder. I mean, Stevie Wonder is he, he's he's one of the greatest musicians. I mean, and then of course you know Michael Jackson. You know the stuff that he has done um, uh, musically, and just and and the overall showmanship with with Michael Jackson. He he just um, he, he he grabbed you know so much. Um, in the industry with, with just his whole performance and singing. And then, of course, there's got to be Prince, too. So, they, I mean, those those got to be the three. I mean, but those guys, were, you know, at least two of them, they was inspired by James Brown. Yeah. Yeah, I was saying they <laughs> so, were inspired you know, by James, James Brown. Yeah. And uh, when I think about, you know, back with James Brown, too. I mean, I mean, James Brown was, he's, you know, I guess you got to go in, in, in each era. I mean, James Brown was the, was the greatest of his time. Of his time. Then you then you had you know came along you know Michael Jackson and then you know Michael Jack Prince probably would have been the biggest one, but Michael Jackson was kind of standing in the in, in the in the <laughs> wing there. <laughs> I think even Prince might even said that he, he said, you know, well, it wasn't for Michael Jackson, I would be, be the biggest artist out there. And I, you know, something he was very true. And I think it's very true. And I think it's interesting that Michael and Prince were born in the same era, literally the same era. Along with me. Along with you, um, you, Michael, Madonna, Angela Bassett, um, you are all born in the exact same year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Literally the same year. And so you are all 60. Well, Michael and Prince are not 60, but you know what I mean. Exactly. So um, you are all 60 now and you were all born in that great year. And so I think there might have just been a super, you know, magic dose. And Anita Baker, too, is also 60. Um, Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And Anita, too. So I just think there might have been something that happened in the year of 1958, you know. I I wouldn't doubt it one bit. Where where God was like... <laughs> you know, so yeah. I think there's just something you know incredible about that. Um, and, and, and speaking of um, just legends and just the greatest, um, do you, who has the greatest album of all time, Dad? Wow, the greatest album of all time. Okay, I, who has I, the greatest album of your time? Of my time, I, I gotta go with Stevie Wonder again. I mean, the songs are the key of life. That <laughs> to me, that that. That album was just so magical. I mean, there was just so many great songs on there. And just, it was so diverse, though. It, it wasn't just left to one genre of music. It was it was really, really diverse, you know. And just what, you know, Stevie did with that music, it was just phenomenal. I, I can't think of any other album that had, at least the, the influence on me anyway, I should say. Um, and I think about it too, the influence on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a funny one, you know. A great influence on me. Well, you about yeah. to tell that story? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Might, we might as well go on into well, it. Well, go ahead, Dad. You know, tell so, the story. Yeah, well, you know something? I mean, 
me being a lover of music, I had these these albums down here. And um, Songs of the Key of Life was one of the albums that I had down here. And um, the funny thing about it, you know, you know, the, the, the music industry changed. You know, we went over to the, you know, from the cassettes. And then the next thing you know, you know from the um, from that, they went on into the CDs and everything. So everything was, you know, being pressed on CDs now. Um, Not anymore. I know. Now they're going back again. <laughs> so anyway, but in, in the meantime, I had all these bunch of albums. And I was like, you know, finally, I said, you know something, if, if we could find a... A turntable. I said it'd be nice to get a turntable. You know, put back down here so I could play some of my albums sometimes. You know, so um, me and uh, my wife Patricia. You know, she she found one. I think I think she might have found it online or something. I don't know. We or we saw one together somewhere, and so we ended up getting it, and um, we put it downstairs. And then um, and funny thing about it though, I never really had that much time to even really pull the old albums out and stuff to play them. But then um, one day. Portia, you was down here, and you you, you happened to uh, be flipping through the albums, and you decided you were going to put this one on um, Songs of the Key of Life, and um, it changed your life. <laughs> yeah, it did. I, I, I came home that day, and Portia was like, oh, Dad, you got to hear this music. It's great. It's awesome. I was like, yeah, I know it is good. You know, <laughs> No, no, you don't understand. This, 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 this is it. This is, this, this is the music right here. This, this, is, this is phenomenal. <laughs> And I just how excited you were after hearing that that uh, that album. Um, it just you know, it really brought joy to my heart, though, just to see you so you know so so animated about this one album, which I was animated about it too at the time, even. But um, just to know that Stevie Wonder can do, actually do that to somebody else, you know, that's out of my generation, even you know, the, somebody younger. But but then it changed the way you thought about music and how you listen to music, mm-hmm. even, you know which I thought was really interesting too, you know? Oh, for um, sure. Oh, for sure. It, it was in Songs of Key of Life that I realized um, I understood sampling because mm, Coolio yeah, yeah. had, um, what was it, Gangsta's Paradise? Um, yeah, And then right. yeah, for, yeah. to hear Stevie Wonder's Pastime Paradise, I was like, oh, this is that song. And I was like, wait, but no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I understood sampling then. And then I also... Um, listening to Stevie Wonder, I understood covers because I knew um, Until You Come Back to Me, which is not on that album, but it's a Stevie Wonder song, song? Mm-hmm. Um, that Aretha Franklin covered. Mm-hmm. And uh, Aretha actually did a lot of covers. And this is a good segue into Aretha. Yeah. Just hearing just music, I fell in love with just how things sounded so early. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, thumbing through uh, Teddy Pendergrass. I remember thumbing through Stephanie Mills and mm, thumbing yeah. through Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh yes, I yes. remember seeing the Gap Band and the Whispers mm-hmm. all on vinyl, just in the house in the crates. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in the crates. And I I remember vividly playing um, songs in the key of life. Just I kind of like repeatedly like it almost became like a part of my daily, daily routine, routine yeah. um i would come in the house i would go downstairs i would turn the lights on i would turn the sound system on and then i would put the turntable on and i don't even know how i learned how to put the sound system on like that thing was such a puzzle so i'm just trying to figure out how, how, did, did, how did i even figure that thing out um to this day i'm like oh my gosh how did i figure that out but i, I don't did even know, but you did i did yes, i figured did. out how to put the turntable on and yep. To put the the whole stereo system on, and I literally had just music playing throughout the entire downstairs, and mm-hmm. I just would lay on the floor and I would enjoy it, um, and it brought me so much joy, and I learned so many different songs, and yeah, it was just a great time. Yeah, and yes. so um, Aretha Franklin has left us, y'all. Yes, oh. she has gone on to glory, mm-hmm. and so um, just thinking about inspirations and people who've inspired people. Uh, every time I hear Aretha, you know, you can hear the influences of Mahalia Jackson. You can hear the influences of Ella Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. You can even hear um, a little bit of just the Billie Holiday. You definitely hear jazz, blues, and of course the gospel. gospel of course, every yes. time you hear Aretha, yes. mm-hmm. Aretha, will be missed. Aretha has a huge impact on music and just culture. Mm -hmm. She was funny. She was witty. If you ever watched an interview with her, she would tell it straight, no chaser. Yeah. She she was 
um, just incredible. I loved just watching Aretha Franklin um, and her fur coats and just how <laughs> she would perform and even the way that she just had so much passion. Watching her play the piano was always incredible, too. Yeah, um, yes. I, I like watching her and Nina Simone. Um, just women sitting behind the piano is just mm-hmm. something about that. There was a, an authenticity to Aretha's voice. Yeah. She didn't have to put a whole lot on. She knew she was great. Mm-hmm. She didn't have to do a whole lot, um, which was beautiful just in, in her watching her. Um, and so we hear her inspirations, um, people who she's been inspired by in her music. And then now we see people who are inspired by her. We see, you know, of course, Beyonce. We know, of course, Whitney Houston mm-hmm. was definitely inspired by by um, Aretha. We've seen um, even uh, um, Mary J. Blige been inspired by Aretha. Mm -hmm. We've seen Mariah Carey be inspired by Aretha. And I think she has left a mark in an imprint that is untouchable, that is undebatable. I don't think there's anything that anyone can say or do that is going to take away from Aretha. I definitely think that Aretha died an honorable death. When I say honorable death, um, she wasn't caught in any scandals. There was no, um, oh, Aretha was, you know, on drugs. And and not to say Mm. that uh, passing from drug overdoses or uses is not saying that you weren't honorable or that it tarnished his legacy, but there's something about in the mm. way that Aretha passed that we could just celebrate her legacy and yeah. we didn't have yep. to mourn the, oh no, why did it have to be like that? It was okay, she has lived, mm-hmm. she has given us what we needed. We never really, we saw, okay, we saw her health you know, go up and down. We saw her weight go up and down. Yeah, mm-hmm. we know that. But in overall, we saw we got Aretha all the time. Yeah. We saw this genuine woman who was always her at all times, fully mm-hmm. present, fully herself, um, giving us the best that she's got, um, pun to uh, Anita Baker. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> yeah. just uh, always giving her all. And so, Aretha Franklin is going to be missed. Dad, what do you, Scott, what do you have to say about the legacy of Aretha Franklin and, and what she has left us? Well, I mean, it, it, you know, it was, it was very, very, um, you know, funny that, um, with her passing, I mean, um, because she has had actually an impact on, on our family. Um, and I just finished putting that, um, posting that on, on, on one of the full, um, my Facebook page about, um, the fact that back in, um, it was the early nineties, um, maybe to like mid nineties, I think it was, um, I was working as a, as a, as a producer at, um, Atlantic Records, and um, East West Records, and um, one of the gentlemen I was working with, um, Mr. Nat Robinson, at the time, um, he um, MC Light's dad. Yeah, well, he's the MC Light's father, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, he had, um, I think it might have been Christmas time or something, but he had gave us a gift. Me, me and Jesse, because me and Jesse was working with him at the time, and um, he had gave me and Jesse a. Um, a uh, CD uh, like anthology of of Aretha Franklin, and it had all of her, um, you know, because like I said, we were working at Atlantic Records at that time, um, you know, doing music producing, and um, he gave us all of her Atlantic recordings, and my God, how many songs on there that she, you know, it was like song after song. I knew them all. I was like, wow, I you know I. You know, I didn't realize how how many songs that Aretha had did that I was able to just totally identify with. You know, I was just like, oh, my God, I know that song. I know that song. I didn't realize it, you know, until after I got that particular um, that particular uh, CD uh, uh, package from um, from that um, and how many songs, you know, and it's just, you know, how how, how that <laughs> became a topic of our own house. Um of having that matter of fact, because uh, we was having fun with that even yesterday. Just the fact that um, that um, Portia, that you and Patrice, uh, Patrice was talking about uh, 
that she was going to take the, uh, the the CD and you're like, oh no, I'm on my way home. I'm t- I'm going to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then and you, yeah, <laughs> I mean because the thing is, Aretha's music is so wonderful. And by the way, I um, did not take the anthology home. No, um, you didn't. No, it's, because it's at here. the end of the day, it belongs to my dad. Um, dad, it belongs to you. Yes. And so, and it was a gift. And to it was you. a gift for me too. Yeah, yeah, it was a gift to you. And so, it wasn't like something that you went off and just purchased. It was a gift, and it was a special edition gift that yeah. was only a limited amount made and yes. produced and, and impressed and so you got one as a gift and it has all the original Atlantic recordings all of, the, oh my God, all yeah. of them and I mean if, if there's a song you can think of I'm pretty sure it's on it's there. on there yes yeah yes. It, it's on uh-huh. there and it's incredible and I know Aretha deeply inspired my sister um, as a singer, my sister's a singer and an actress, and Aretha deeply mm-hmm. inspired Patrice. Yeah, and and it's beautiful um, just to see the new generation that Aretha is, um, and and will continue to bless with her with the gift that she has left yes. us with. That was yes. her voice and her inspiration. Yeah. Um. So, Dad, um, considering like who's left, I mean, a lot of the greats have been leaving us and who and have passed on. I mean, I know we still got Stevie. Stevie's mm-hmm. still out Juicy, here. Yep. Um, we still got Smokey. Smokey's still out here. But, you know, we still got Anita. You, you know something? It's, it's, it's And we still it's, got Shaka. Yeah. And Gladys. Yes, and Dion. But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go right back to Anita. She, to me, was... Um, she did something for me when she when she first came out. Matter of fact, yeah, you know and, Anita Baker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did. Yeah, she was. Um, I, I don't know her personally. I'm saying, but I'm saying musically. Oh, what she did. I'm gonna um, say, Daddy, how come you make that phone call all these years? You know, I love Anita Baker, and no, you ain't get me not a single meeting, uh, a, a call from no, her all that, these I'm, years. I'm about I'm to sorry. say. I, I I didn't know Anita Big no I didn't know her personally. Oh okay. But I mean, but what what she did? I'm about to feel some type of way. <laughs> I was like, Daddy, now all these years, <laughs> as much as you love her, that's I know. what I'm saying. So never have I ever heard you ever say you knew and Anita Baker did something for you. I thought she maybe you know she shared her peanut butter jelly sandwich <laughs> with you or something, <laughs> or she gave you a slice of watermelon. Oh okay, never mind. Musically speaking, I'm no, with no, you. I mean, all right. No, I hey, I I got some names that I can drop down there. You know, we don't got to do you that. Know, <laughs> I've, I've been with you know with Miss Regina Bell back in the day. Her and her brother, matter of fact, me and uh, Jesse had um, you know hung out with them because, um, like I said at that time, we was going down to, down to New York all the time and stuff. We would run into a lot of a lot of a lot of um, artists and stuff at the time. We was invited. Matter of fact, we met all the guys from. Um, we met all the guys. Oh, that that I don't know if we I ever told you. Take this six. No, 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 not take six. Oh. Um, the guys from Mint Condition. Yeah, you never and told me this story. I ain't tell you the story yet. Yeah, Mint condition them sounds of blackness. Um, we were just finishing up some recording at Atlantic Records, mm-hmm. we had, we had, and, and we had stopped by the. Um, we had um, d- d- dropped off the um, the final mixes um, at the um, at the um, the offices there, and then um, one of the um, executives there. We was working with. Um, we used to work with Merlin Bob and and. Uh, Sylvia Rome, Merlin, Merlin says, "Hey man, he said, what you guys doing um, after, after you get out of here?" I said, "Nah, we ain't doing nothing." He said, "Well, I got some tickets. You guys can go go to this uh, to this um, uh, CD release uh, party." I was like, "Ah, yeah, we ain't doing nothing. We're going over there." And we went over there, and come to find out, it was Mint Condition and Sounds of Blackness. <laughs> I was, you know, we was like, "Whoa!" We wasn't expecting this. Thing. We walked into, you know, and we went in, and you know, just like everything was cool. We got a chance to meet all those guys. We met um, and Jimmy Jam because Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis was the head of the uh, record company at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was their, you know, there was like the debut of their record company was uh, was Perspective uh, Records, I think it was called. Um, so we got to meet them. Janet came and we didn't get a chance to really, you know, because she came in with her, even though it was a, a all VIP event. She came, she still came in with her own personal little bodyguard, and she kind of like sat off on the side and stuff, you know. And she was there too, though. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was so cool. That was like, yo, you know, we get a chance to do stuff like that, you know, just out of the, you know, out of the blue. We had no clue that we was going to be, you know, meeting these people. And I, as a matter of fact, I didn't. No, let me back up one. We didn't know who. Mint Condition or Sound of Blackness was. I just knew that they are the bomb. <laughs> they are good. I was like, oh my God. I had never heard of them. I mean, because like I said, this was their first, you know, 
This was their big break. This was this was this was their big break. Mm-hmm. This is when they were first coming out. I just knew that. Oh my God! I said this stuff is going to hit big time, you know. And it, and it did, you and know. It did. And it did, you know. Um, but just you know, having the opportunity to just you know go out to one of those kind of parties like that, and um, you know, getting to meet all the people that was there for the, for the most part. Um, you know, I went to parties with with with. Uh, we even had Wesley Snipes and Holly Robinson. They came in together. Matter of fact, we went to one of these parties and stuff. You know, we just you know. Just, oh boy, you throwing it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Back in the days when even Heavy D was still alive, you know, he he, he came into um, one of those type of situations. He was there and um, Queen Latifah. Yeah, I remember Mom telling me Queen Latifah stories and Mom and Salt and Pepper and all them stories. Yeah, well, you know, we knew a lot of the, especially the rappers. I mean, we knew a lot of because Nat was was MC Light's father, so we would get invited to all those. Um, matter of fact, I do have. I, I don't know what I did with it, but before before Puffy was. Before he, before, before, before Sean was puffy. Before, before Sean was, <laughs> before Sean was puffy. I got yep. a picture. I got a picture of him when he was at one of those CD parties. Um, when he was still a young man, yeah, and he and had, with Mary. Yep. And um, and all of them yep. when they were still he young, hadn't hit it big yet. Yeah, and no. they were still trying to get Bad Boy. He was working for Andre Harrell. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go, yeah. 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 He was working for Andre Harrell, and he yeah. was he was still trying to make it, trying to get his thing going. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he hadn't even he haven't got you know he wasn't big at that point. You know, I don't know where that picture is around here. But That's I do, like I do it, have a he's like those are my proofs. <laughs> that's my proof. But, yeah, um, everybody has a beginning, though, you know. Yeah. So you were saying about Anita. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. Go. Let's go. Let's let's get back to Anita. Anita. Um. She she has a um. It's an interesting story with with her. Just the fact that um, I first got introduced to her music. We was um, we was getting ready to go to a recording session, and I don't know where um Jesse's sister there. Had the CD. Oh, she said, "Oh, put this, put this in." She said, "I got this new music from from this lady." I had never heard her, and she she put in Anita Baker, and like from song to song, every song was just like, "Oh my God, this woman is awesome." She was just so good. I was like, "Wow!" But um, <clears throat> the story that I want to talk about is that how Anita. You know, I don't, I, I don't, you know, I don't think people really think about it. You know, in terms of when people got started and 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 how they might have had an influence in, on the music industry. Well, Anita Baker is one that's. I mean, of course, you know, there's a lot of women singers that you know really love her to the maximum, with good reason, of course. Um, but what she did musically is how she started. She started changing how people could start listening to music just because of the fact that she was kind of meshing almost that jazz along with, with, with the R and B, you know, it was, it was right along, right along the edge there, you know, she, cause she, she was very, you know, like really jazzy, you know, and some of the stuff, you know, I mean, you could, you could really consider it straight up jazz really. Um, but she was one of the ones that, that started that music turn from the R&B to just going almost to, you know, the mesh of R&B and jazz, which today, um, you know, they you, want, you might want to call it neo-soul, I guess, just because, um, you know, that's what they call it now, along with, um, you know, people like Jill Scott and, and, and Erica Badu and, and uh, like even music soul child, just, you know, those, those kind of people that, 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 that's doing that kind of music. And even... Um, Robert uh, Glasper is, is is like right on that cutting edge, along with hip hop too. They, they they all kind of meshing this stuff together. But Anita Baker, I think, was was very influential when she came out with the music that she was coming out with, because like I said, it was that borderline jazz that she was doing, along with the R and B cross. You know, and yeah, it was, it, and she paved the way for a lot of people. Like when you really think about Anita Baker paving the way for like Tony Braxton and Layla oh, Hathaway, yeah, and yeah. even Mary J. Blige, and just. Um, Lettucey and yeah. Marsha Ambrosia and thinking about um, women who may not be the big 
gospel-y big voices like the Jennifer Hudson or the Fantasia mm-hmm. um, who who's really a part of like like Aretha's legacy right you see the Fantasias and the J-Huds they're mm-hmm. definitely like in that Aretha legacy and I also think that there's something to say about the Anita's legacy about the the, the type of voices and the th- type of voices that you hear that you're hearing it yeah that may have not have been as popular or appreciated mm-hmm. uh, because they don't have the big gospel-y voices but they may be able to have a whole lot of soul with a lot of riffs and runs and not to say that um the big gospely voices don't have riffs and runs in it because they absolutely do i.e kim burrell you know and you know just in terms of kim burrell's voice not necessarily kim burrell's theology but kim Kim burrell's voice yeah her voice yeah (laughs) okay um and i'm gonna make that very big distinction because you know whatever yeah but um (laughs) but for the sake of music um, there are a lot of voices that Anita Baker has inspired. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's it's important to continue to honor what she is doing as she is still on tour. Yeah, and she's on her final tour. She's on her know? farewell yeah. tour. Farewell she's tour, yeah. saying, you know, adieu, and she's giving the best that she got. Yeah, it's the best, yes. <laughs> Literally. Yes. Um, and she's doing a great work. And so um, with that, Dad, I want to ask you, what has been the greatest lesson that you have learned in music from music through music? What is the greatest lesson that you've learned? Mm, the greatest lesson that I've learned, I would say, is that, you know, you, the way that you um, work with other people, just having the opportunity to work with other, uh, other people to come together under one project to, 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 make, to make one music, though. So the greatest lesson to, that I've learned is that, you know, I don't have to do it by myself. You don't want to really do it by yourself, and don't you know? Don't get caught up in, in just doing it all by yourself. You know, allow other people to be a, you know, a part of the music that you that that you're um, that you that you're working with. So, um, I learned that I'm not going to do it by myself. You know, I hope everyone else doesn't realize that you're not. You know, don't don't inspire to do it by yourself. Have other people, you know. Do it with you because that's that's when you're gonna have a have a great great work. Um, you know, you might write the music, but still allow contributions to to come in within it, with within the realm of that music that you're creating. You know, allow contributions in there too, just just so that it's 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 a collective work. Um, other people get a chance to be to feel like they're a part of this project. Um, so the greatest lesson would would be just you know. That I'm not here to do it by myself. I, uh, you know, I need other people to do it with, and I'm all, always invite people to do it with me. Awesome. Well, thank you, Dad. This has been great. Yes, I'm so has. glad that you could join me on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Yay! <laughs> Thanks, Dad. You're welcome. Thank you. And to everyone who's listening, um, please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe. Please feel free to tell somebody about this podcast. If you know someone who's interested in music and wants to pursue a music career um yeah recommend this podcast to them this episode and yeah you can find my dad um online he's on facebook he's on instagram um don't follow my dad because it's weird i'm just kidding um (laughs) i'm just joking um but yeah but no for real though um yeah if you're interested in reaching out um, and then you have questions for my dad, please feel free, you know, shoot me an email at uh, portionality at gmail.com. I will be sure to forward all questions, comments, and whatnot to him, and I will make sure he gets it because guess what? He's my dad. Yeah. So, <laughs> so all that great stuff. So thank you all for listening. Thanks so much for joining me on another episode of Portionality Podcast. Can't wait to hear from you when you email me directly at portionality at gmail.com with your topics and with your listener questions. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at portionality. And as always, peace, light, and love, and namaste to you.